0: welcome everybody i'm jared he's dj and this is number one bullshit so it was weird last night as i was like watching the card to start with uh because Apex, you're used to it being like super small, and mm-hmm. when the people are there, they're they're there. There's not empty seats, but there was like a whole series of empty seats in the building, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah,
1: uh, I want to comment on that too. I'm I'm not liking the Apex fights more and more as far as the feel of professional fighting goes. Right, like we had mm. a really like solid card last night. Yeah, I, I'm not talking about the card. It just doesn't feel like a big moment anymore. Like. You're gonna juxtapose that fight last night to the Super Bowl today. And it's like these are both professional sports. It it I don't I'm I'm starting to not enjoy the the lack of crowd as much as I did like during COVID where it was like we just have fights, but now it's like I want to feel the crowd every time.
0: Yeah, but I mean and even more to be more kind of prevalent or more pronounced is a better word when you contrast it to what happened the night before in the Apex. Oh yeah.
1: Power slap. Power, fucking power Hold on, hold on. Power slab. I feel like that sounds kind of
0: (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. Uh, Yeah, there's probably a uh, rather large crossover between Power Slap fans and Monster Truck fans. Take from that what you will. The
1: um, I love that. (laughs) I love that so much.
0: What's wild to me is you have this like woman who's supposed to be their like big star. She didn't even get a chance because she gets hit first. She just stands up there and gets knocked out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like how
1: dumb? How dumb is that? It's like uh, it's it's f- like if it was in a movie, it would be funny. Like if it was in like um like a super troopers type movie, you'd be like, oh, this is hilarious, right? Yeah. It's, like idiocracy. Like if that was the big sport in idiocracy, you'd be like, oh yeah, that fits. Or even if it was some like overseas sensation, we'd be like, Oh, that's hilarious. That's what they do, you know. The fact yeah. that like the UFC is branding this is, it's just goofy to me, man. Yeah, you have like Anthony Smith as one of the people catching unconscious people. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) like, I get it. They're trying to make money. You know, the UFC doesn't pay them well, so I got to make money where I can. But it's just one of these, excuse me, it's like, it's like, uh to not change the subject too much, but Sean Strickland, for some reason, just fought this YouTuber, Sneeko, And I was watching. I was like, this. It just it feels pathetic on Sean Strickland's part. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I understand the idea of his mentality. If you're a man, you'll say it. You'll come up. And what he thinks a man is someone that will fight. And if yeah. you're the type of guy that's like, if you're a man, you'll fight when you need to fight. Then, but it doesn't look good, right? It looks pathetic to me. It looks. And I'm not talking about Sean. Str- it could have been anybody. It just happened to be mm-hmm. Sean Strickland. But it's like, you're you're really putting it on this guy. And this kid doesn't even fall down. First of all. And of course, he's holding back. He's not he's not going full force. Yeah. But what was the point? What was the point? It didn't make you look good. Uh, Power slap feels the same way to me where it's like it's just corny. It's a little corny to me. Can you imagine if 10 years ago somebody told you,
0: hey, you know, this thing that we love so much with these stars that we have, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, you know, the same company is actually their next thing that they're going to try to push is people standing in front of each other, holding a towel with earplugs in and just getting baby powder slapped until one of them passes out. Oh, pimp slapped, you
1: mean? <laughs> yeah, just like back and forth, like, come out with it. So, so you know, so the thing that <laughs> and I'm one of these people that like, no matter what it is, when people start taking things too seriously, like yeah. I always feel. Like okay, you're taking this too. Like, uh, I watched this whole thing YouTube rabbit hole. I can't <laughs> think of the guy's name right now. You might know it just because you know fucking everything. But it's like the best arm wrestler of all time, right? And uh, and well, it's Lincoln Hawk from n- Over the Top. No, um, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find his name while I'm telling the story. But yeah. but like, it's too serious, right? Like, it it got to a point where I'm like, I get it. I get that you guys are. This is your livelihood. This is something that yeah. you practice for. Devin Larot, La- De- Devin Larot, Like, he's so good that, like, he can do both arms. Like, he can he can <laughs> beat a lot of people, like, with his left arm, too. And his forearms are massive. But when it gets too serious, I'm like, relax. It's arm wrestling, right? And this is how yeah. I feel about power slap. It's like, it's funny when the Stockton slap happens because in the middle of a fight, it's so disrespectful. It's, yes. just, it's just one of those things where, like, we're literally fighting and... And you can defend yourself. <laughs> well, well it, it, it's just one of those things. Like, I think, I think so little of you that like, I'm not even going to punch you to try to hurt you. I'm going to slap you to show you that you're, you're my bitch, right? Yeah. Power slap is like you're saying, okay, I'm going to stand here and just let you, it's like, you know, when you, I, I don't remember like her old karate movies when they would have like a dick kick challenge. It's like, it's just, yeah. it's just stupid and corny, but yeah. <laughs> Well, if we're talking dick kick
0: challenges, we can go right into the first fight of the night with Arichi Long and Daniel Marcos, and it's a shame that it ended the way it did uh, because I thought Marcos was putting on a pretty good performance. Pretty good, uh, yeah. Well, Arichi Long did did tag him a couple times. There there was a few sequences that where Marcos got got hit clean, uh, which if it's somebody who's not coming up from or you know, I know. Richie Long has fought at bantamweight a couple times, but started his UFC career at flyweight. Um, it could potentially present a problem, but I thought he was picking him apart towards the end. the The fight went his way; he was beating him up. Uh, but they went pure Rochambeau, one hundred percent. Like, oh, you can you, you want to front kick me in the ouch pouch? All right, like we'll start this thing back up. There you go; you get yours.
1: It was so quick, too. <laughs> yeah, just immediate. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ah. So you ready for so, me to say some bullshit? Some number yeah. one bullshit? <clears throat> yeah. When I was watching it, I was like, "Ah, that felt like a cop out." That was my first. That was my first instinct. I was like, "God, it didn't seem like it hit him that hard, right?" And don't get me wrong, hit him on the side, might pinch it, and that's that's that's, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, but Cormier almost said it, and like Fitzgerald kind of like lost in translation. But he was like, "If I can't say his name, or Richie Long gets out of this fight this way, it's a win for him," and it kind of felt that way, right? Not. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was thinking that at all. He he might have his balls in his stomach and we all well, any guy yeah. that's been hitting the balls I don't know how that feels. Yeah. But also he was getting beat up pretty bad. And he looked pretty bad, you know, his nose is broken. Yeah, I
0: I was impressed with Marcos's accuracy. Yeah. The knees were beautiful. I mean, that's what busted him up. Yep. The knees on the oh inside. Oh my god. And- and then each calf kick, every yeah. like from the first one, it was like, oh, he's responding very negatively to to those. The I like how that's how you just, describe how painful it is. He's just,
1: <laughs> he's responding negatively. He's like, this shit yeah. hurts, man. Well, you see, like some guys eat them,
0: you know, like the like Devin Clark. His, he was getting drop foot, yeah. and it was like randomly giving out. But he wasn't, he wasn't having these like big responses where his leg was like sweeping out, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the thing with Marcos is it played out how we thought, where initially Richie Long was not bringing the pace. And so it was, you know, a a pretty slow fight there for the first minute or so. And then every time Richie Long blitzed, Marcos came back with with pace. And so, you know, in this instance, that was great for him. He was busting him up during those those bursts of action. But it doesn't change kind of what we talked about where he has that Monel Cop to him where it's like, all right, I'm fighting at at the pace that you are establishing, not that I'm establishing. You see it with counter strikers a, a good amount. And so that I think that's the next step to Marcos's evolution. We don't need to run this fight back no. just because it, it was relatively one sided. But I think there that next step needs to happen of you need to start getting some offense out there because eventually it's going to come back to bite you when you get into the upper echelons of the division. And that's a super deep division. So it doesn't even have to be top 15. Yeah. Right. But if you fight a guy like Marcus McGee, you know, that, that could be an issue for you where you don't, you don't get the opportunity to get started because there's some fight changing shit happening in the first exchange. Sure.
1: Yeah. And and let me, let me reiterate, I don't think that he is a, Like he did cop out with the the ball Mm -hmm. kick, but it just felt that way, right? It it felt like we've like, as juxtaposed to the guy, my dick and balls, you know, like that, that was so much pain. Yeah. Victor Henry. It's like, that was so much pain. I honestly thought he was just waiting the five minutes to catch his breath. And then it was like, oh, he can't return. I was like, oh, okay. Strange. But I don't want to harp on it. It was a fun fight while it lasted. Uh, I'm with you though. I don't need to see it again. Not right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah and uh, let let's just go to the main event the levels man that's what levels. I put, I
1: always put this on these types of things levels yeah
0: yeah it was i mean the first round you could almost tell what hermanson was doing where it's like hey if he if he survives this first 5 minutes like he this man is going into this fight expecting it to be 25 minutes he's expecting to get out of this round yep. and I truly thought the turning point was late in round two. Hermanson did something. I don't remember the exact sequence, but Hermanson does something and Piper smiles at him. It mm-hmm. was like, that was nice. Yeah. And you don't ever see that from Piper. Piper is always the, like, I'm angry. You know, you're trying to take food off my table type. He has that mentality in the cage. Sure. And so, it almost seemed like when that happened, his guard was let down for a second, and Hermanson was like, oh, this is my fight now.
1: And that's, I mean, really good call out on that. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. There was a changing in it. I think some of it's that, those calf kicks. I mean, goddamn, right? You yeah. talk about Beat the difference up. in calf kicks. He was, it, it was painful. He was seeing, mm-hmm. he was he was very negative reactive, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. he, th- them shits hurt. But you just you just felt it the first round. You're like, God damn, Piper hits so hard. You know, he just he just hits hard. But to that point that you just made too, where Pfeiffer's always mad. I mean, we don't see him fight five rounds, right? And mm-hmm. it happened in the second round. But Hermanson, you felt it even even though he lost the first two rounds. I went into the third being like, Oh no! I mm-hmm. you felt the momentum shift. And then after the third round, you're like, Okay, Hermanson won. And then the fourth round, you're like. Hermanson came out that fifth round and Pfeiffer did really well in the fifth round. Good for him. Right. To dig deep. But Mm -hmm. Hermanson just, he just showed that, that I think that's where he showed the levels, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I lost two. I, I won two. Let me show you how to win a fight. And he just did it. And he looked really good doing it, man. He took those shots, gave some back and just controlled the fight from the third round on. Yeah. The,
0: and I thought that Pfeiffer I actually thought his fourth round was pretty good. I know he got outstruck decently, but I felt like his fourth round, he was really starting to come back a bit in that early in the round. He started pushing the pace again, whereas round three, you would see him kind of just freeze in the pocket in front of Hermanson. He would throw and then just stand there, and then he was getting getting the jab put back in his face yep. or the calf kick and hearing Hermanson after the fact he on the the post show, he was talking to uh, Joban and Smith and Karen Bryant. And he was saying, you know, I heard him talking earlier in the week about the calf kick. So I knew I wasn't just going to be able to throw it early. And so I had to start doing things to get him to forget about it. And then I could come back to it. And it's like, okay, awesome fight IQ, you know, for for somebody like that. But I thought Pfeiffer was doing a better job of not retreating like he was in the third round of not just standing there. But then after about two minutes into the fourth round, calf kick Hermanson starts putting the pressure back on him. And, and,
1: and, you know. it, and it really shows. And we've talked about this probably all of 2024. So, so far, and I'll continue to talk about it when you're fighting high level competition. This is the type of shit you expect, right? Pfeiffer had his mm-hmm. chance, but now Pfeiffer has that real high level competition in him. But come on, Hermanson's fought everybody you know like yeah. he's he's beat people and he's lost to people but he's fighting top 15 type fighters and it shows why once you're there you're 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 a different caliber fighter and Pfeiffer just didn't have it in him last night mm-hmm. it'll be real fun to see what happens next for Pfeiffer because he didn't get knocked out he didn't get stopped but he has a hole in his game and his hole is well, I mean, he has—he might have a couple holes in his game, but mm-hmm. one of the holes in his game is his calf kicks. Like he just wasn't checking him good enough. Another yeah. hole in his game is when—when when you see that experience happen, you couldn't elevate to the next level during the fight. So you're gonna elevate in this next training camp, but you couldn't do it then. So what do you look like now? And for Hermanson, I mean, shit. You know, you stopped a prospect. You stopped one of yep. these bubble people we've been so excited about at middleweight.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is. The ultimate top ten gatekeeper for the middleweight division. I, and you know, people that listen to the show, know, that is not a term of disrespect whatsoever. I, I to me, like I hold people like Jack Hermanson in very high regard, Anthony Smith, Neil Magney. like I hold those people in very high regard because they are having to fight absolutely everybody. They are having the tough fights every single fight for years, for years. And to be able to maintain, when you look at Hermanson, he has been a top 15 fighter and for a good portion of it, top 10 yeah. for five years, yep. but has not sniffed a title shot. Yep. And so he's just consistently yeah, a reason, and a this point. very good fighter. Yeah,
1: there's yeah a, he levels. Yeah, he, and he, he's, he's not that level. Yeah, but he can't but, beat the Cannoneers, the Vittorias, the Stricklands, the Delitas. Yes, he can't. But he can beat the people that are trying to get to those spots. It's fun. Exactly. It's fun to watch. Yep. Yes. And And so that is... Right, held
0: the mirror up to Pyfer, yeah, let oh, Pyfer yes. know he's not quite ready. Pyfer is younger, twenty-eight years old. You know, still has time to to be able to rebound from this. I'm very interested to see how he rebounds from this because I don't think he's used to getting treated like that. Right? And, I don't think he's used to standing in front of somebody connecting them, not falling down, yep. and and just bringing it right back to him. And, you know, how often
1: does a guy like Joe Pyfer fight off his back foot? Yep, and, and one of the things that almost had me concerned, but I was like, don't be dramatic, is the first thing on the mic was, all the interviews, I don't want to make excuses. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, not not good, not good, because, I mean, the reason why I bought into the hype was because of his interview. so sure, maybe he <laughs> had a higher, but if that's what your go-to is, and it's not the fight, mm, you know, like, really, and, and I, I, I say for me don't be dramatic because it's in the moment you don't want to accept the fact that you just lost you know this was your moment your main main event of a free card right before a a pay-per-view so you know they're going to be showing it and all that stuff right before the super bowl and and your moment was you lost and you and you and you lost by someone that was just better than you yeah so like that that had me concerned for a moment i don't want to look too deep into it his next coming week interviews will be or weeks interviews will be like how was his mindset.
0: I want to see where he gets placed on a card next and what that looks like for him from a media standpoint, because the talk was all all week, you know, it, from him, from the media, this guy's going to be a superstar. We were talking about it. You know, if he puts on the performance, he, he is a superstar then at that point. And so I wonder if his approach is different now of like, you know what I was. I that was something where, you know, I was. Buying into it, and I felt that that needed to be part of it. It's heads down, you know, it's head down and and just focus on on the fight. Now, I'm I'm interested to see, or does he
1: maintain the same approach and just learn from it and
0: handle it better?
1: Yes, I don't know. I think you know, I, because I hope it, I hope he just handles it better because it's what I'm not a fan of fighters just because they fight. Well, I'm a fan for fighters for other reasons as well. You know, like. And he he. He, bought, he had me buy into the hype even more because the thing about him hitting harder than Francis and Ngannou comes out, if that doesn't come out, it's a different, mm-hmm. you know, those things build up. So I hope that it's not necessarily like, okay, no more interviews. I hope it's, I'm going to handle these better, pick and choose w- what I use my energy for and not exhaust myself instead of just having this like quick shot of fame because he's still good. He's just, he's not there yet. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I hope that they kind of give it a step back let him fight a not necessarily a top ten wily vet like this, but somebody similar, but who's outside of the top fifteen, who's not as high level, but would potentially present the same issues for him. Give him, you know? a, fight
1: that, give him a fight that he can win. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm gonna move on because I I hate when people do this. I knew that was gonna happen. I I knew this was gonna happen. I called it, especially with like underdog fights. Yeah. I had a feeling uh, Dan Ige was going to knock out Philly. I, I didn't know it was going to look like that though. <laughs> Holy shit! I, I mean, yeah, like that... I, I can say all day. I knew it. I picked him. I knew it. But you don't know it. One thing that I really appreciate about this fight before we like break down what actually happened mm-hmm. because I mean he you know Fridayed him, knocked him the fucked out. But what I really mm-hmm. like is the story behind it that Cormier and Dom kept talking about. It's like. I'm mad at this guy because I'm EG's mad at Philly because this was practice. We're supposed to hold back. And they really said that's that's a that's a punch that gets held back, but I don't have to anymore. That's what it looks like. And I love the difference. Uh I, I wish I would have wrote down the quote. There's a difference what it looks like when you're trying to protect your teammate rather than when you're trying to hurt your opponent. And mm. and Ege fucking unloaded, bro. Yes. Unloaded. The second shot wasn't even necessary, but it was necessary yeah. though. But
0: yeah, it was sad to say like and talking to because E gay is like he's not an asshole. Right. No, of not. Like he's a you know, nice dude. And to hear him talk afterwards, he's like, I I like that's my friend. This is somebody I really like. Yep. And to have to do that punch, the follow-up punch. I don't feel good about it. Um, but anyway, that was brutal. Um and you and you heard Feely uh, even on the stool afterwards just like apologize to Ega. He's like, Hey man, I didn't want to take this fight, but it's like it is a great opportunity for me. Of course. He was like, yeah, you know, no, no doubt. They were talking about Ige, you know, fighting up after that. I just, I want to see the Larone Murphy fight sure. rebooked. I mean, realistically, that's who Ige prepared for. It's not like Ige took much damage. He got, you know, jabbed a few times. And uh, Lerone Murphy apparently was not a big, big-time injury or anything like that. It was just something minor. So I would like to, you know, hopefully they can rebook that one in the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, m- why not? You know, r- right now, Ige... I mean, he's talking about his wife's probably having the baby right now, you know. Yeah. So, who knows when he'll fight next? You know, it might just be nice to have that. But how can you not be excited about what he's got to come up next? I mean, he's always a fun fighter, but that was mm-hmm. that was just one of those things. Especially Philly coming off his last fight and looking really, really good, and yeah. then this happened. It was it was a it was, it lived up to what I thought this co-main was going to be. And I just thought it was going to be a little bit longer. I did. I really did think in my heart. I was like, I think that EA is going to find his chin. But I mean, I didn't think he's going to find it that fast.
0: Yeah, and our listeners can find the uh, follow button there on their podcast listening service of choice, so that way when the episodes drop, they are notified bright and early, six a.m. on on the East Coast here, uh, and then also on X at Number One BS Pod. See that featured prelim poll, the fight picks, which. Yeah, you you got the better of me by one. Neither one of us had a great week though. I mean, think I was 2 and 4, you were 3 and 3. But I was what? Yeah, you got you did better. I, that, I said it. Thanks, I cake said eater.
1: It. Oh. Yeah. Cake eater. Mm. Yeah. Live with that, man. Now yeah, that hurts. Now go pick up your son.
0: Yeah, I I'm um, <laughs> trying, no. trying to be the I've, the main influence yeah. in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might I'm going to have to put him up for adoption for his own benefit if I'm a cake eater, can't yeah. have him living that life. Yeah. Um, God, you took it back to Mighty Docs I
1: Still don't know what it means, but I don't know why that's <laughs> such a bad, someone called me cake eater, like, do I love cake? You know? Like, I think it's like Silver Spoon. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like to,
0: yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's disrespectful, man.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> might, well, how about yeah, this? Yeah, this might
0: be the last episode. I don't have to um, be
1: disrespectful if you would win one, but it's all good, man. We'll mm, talk about it later.
0: Talk about mm, later. Cake mm, eater. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, now that everyone has followed us uh, at number one BS pot, uh, the somebody else that uh, found the button was uh, the love child of Anthony Smith and Roman Koppel old uh, Bogdan. It's Gushkov. so
1: hilarious. Ever since you said that, like I can't unsee it, man. It makes me mad yeah. a little
0: bit. Yeah. Anthony Smith off. <laughs> um, yeah. His, what he did to Zach Paunga was was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And, I a lot of people don't necessarily like Dom's commentary. I love it. The, I too. Very technical. And also, I mean, he was going like, right as he was saying, like, hey, there are these weird shots that he throws and they are very hard to see. And pop, he's out, <laughs> you know, like it was perfectly timed. Uh, good restraint, almost borderline Khalil, mm. you know, where he had the hand up and didn't do it. And then before I think it was Beltran was uh was refing before he could even get in, he just starts screaming
1: over him. <laughs> like, which was Jesus. which was intense. It's like, okay, bro, chill. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. That combo was beautiful, right? And mm-hmm. you but you put him out, it's like I don't know what it feels like to knock somebody out, but his reaction was, I feel like it's what it feels like to knock someone out. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if if basketball players are doing that when they dunk and it's like, dude, yeah. you don't have to jump to dunk then I'd imagine knocking someone out cold like that is, you know, a rush. You're telling me you shouldn't hype yourself up for jumping up with your
0: knee in somebody's chest and then uh, putting a ball through a hoop when you're six foot ten. That's not something
1: where they can't even touch you to try to stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: If they do, it's a foul on them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's insane. (laughs) It's insane. And I I just want to apologize to anybody. You might hear slight coughs. I'm getting over a cold, so I apologize. Get your immune system up. Vitamin D, bro. Dude, uh, you would want some vitamin D. Get out in
0: the sun. Uh, uh, but I, I was actually really impressed with, uh, with Bogdan, like his personality post-fight. Uh, I was not expecting Me that either. when he... Yeah, he got on. They asked him about the, his first win in the UFC, and he was like, it's better than sex. You <laughs> it's know, like, oh, I mean, not what I was expecting I from you. I guess so. <laughs> and, then, and then he starts talking about the Cormier, you know, the punches were coming from weird angles. He's like, yeah, surprise, surprise,
1: motherfucker. Yeah. Know, I was
0: like, oh, I was, I was not expecting this from you. And that's you what know? makes
1: you a fan, right? You're like, okay, he had a good performance, and he's funny. He's yeah. trying to have a good time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he called out Anthony Smith, like hopped up on the cage because Anthony Smith was in the crowd and was like yelling at him that
1: like, Hey, we look alike, but we don't fight, fight alike. I want you, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's how you get fights. That's how you get fights. That's hilarious. I didn't see that part. I didn't see that part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Anthony Smith was like, yeah, like, Hey man, pump the brakes. You got your first win in the UFC. (laughs) I will destroy you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Uh, But
0: yeah, made me a a fan. Want to see him again. The especially after like him getting put out by no time in yeah. his last fight where yeah. it's like, oh, this guy with you know, short notice, he might not be around for long. But then, you know, you, you get a win over a guy that has wins in the UFC. Say what you want about Ponga's style and all of that. But this is a man that has wins in the yeah. UFC. And so a good win for Guskov it makes me want to see him fight again. Uh, guy, I really, really, really want to see fight again is Carlos
1: Prades. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. First of all, good on you for living up to the chest hat, the Muay Thai, because he immediately came out with,
1: like, the bouncy front leg. <laughs> you know, so like, oh, Muay, Muay, Muay Thai, thai dude. It was so <laughs> Muay Thai heavy. He's like, I don't care. I'm not doing shit else but Muay Thai. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have jujitsu tattooed on my chest. <laughs> like, yeah. And, we're going. And honestly, like, I was watching that fight. I'm like, God, he's got to do something. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, OK, well, you know, fuck me, man. You, you did exactly yeah. what you needed to do. What, what, a, what a left. Oh yeah, it, it's a fucking piston,
0: man. Oh and, and watching his fight, that's the reason I called you last week and was like, dude, Carlos Pradas, because he showed that in multiple fights. Uh, and it's it's a thing of beauty. He set it up. Dom was talking about how he sets it up with the knees. And then you don't, you know, and you saw it. Giles kind of dipped the hands down a little bit and it just fired straight through. Uh, there are definitely some stuff that needs to be shored up yes. you know, because Trevin Giles, um, as you know, Long time vet of the UFC, but is not a world beater by any means. And he was putting it on Prades a bit. I, I'm a little concerned for protest from the standpoint of, you know, here's a guy who weighs in with like a fat watch and sweatpants on and hits 170, but he's super lean. So it's not like a cut to 155 is a possibility. Yeah, He might need to put on some muscle for, for the weight class just because even though he's super tall and is gonna have a reach against just about anybody in the division, he is going to be outsized by a lot of people in the division.
1: And that's that's my first note is that they both looked like small welterweights for some reason, you know, especially like in the cage. But I, I gotta keep honest with you, from my vision. Giles was just so much better in the stand-up last night, up until you know, it it was really mm-hmm. weird to see how much success he was having. And then to your credit or to your point once he gets up to that higher level if he fights like that th- there's a takedown that goes behind some of those I, you don't you don't mm-hmm. get to knee me or punch me because you're you're on that one foot I'm getting that single leg you know so yeah. 100% you know he needs to build up but the size thing you might be onto something there because if he can't get down to 155 and if they're never going to do a 165 you're real small you you look small you know he looks yeah. small yeah i mean imagine him against and i know
0: there's Plenty of fights that would happen before this ever occurred, but somebody like a Bilal, Yeah. You know, or Sean Brady, like just somebody with that size that that's going to be an issue for him. I mean, Gilbert Burns. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Any like, of these.
1: Yeah. Come on.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, but that being said, he systematically broke down Giles, right? Yep. Like that wasn't by luck that that strike landed. It wasn't. He didn't catch Giles slipping. He repeatedly worked the body, not just with the beautiful knees, but he was throwing the teep kicks out there like he kept touching the body and just kept doing it until it set it up. It almost reminded me a little bit of somebody we're going to talk about for 298 and Roman Kapalov. of just from the standpoint of we have seen Kopalov get pressured. We've seen him get touched. We've seen him get beat up to a degree but just systematically break a guy down until he gets the finish. And so Prades is not on that level yet. He's not. He he got beat up a little more than he should have yeah. in a fight like this, right? We saw with Gabriel Bonfim against Giles, you know, Michael Morales. Like, we've seen other prospects do it. I mean, that's another one. Like, could you imagine Protest size-wise against Michael Morales? Jesus Christ. Um, but we've... But I also think Pradas has he can build from this right of, hey, I was able to get this guy out of there. You know, there's definitely things that need to be shorn up. But from a game plan standpoint, you know, everyone wants the quick finish, but he absolutely went in there, got calf kicked immediately and took that away. You know, the hand he was getting caught with the hands a little more. He he even said post fight like this guy hits harder, a lot harder than I actually expected him to. Uh, But that. He has stuff to build on. and It does. I'm equally as excited for his next fight, because now not only is it like, hey, here's this guy who's looked super impressive, but now there's definitely things that need to be built on. And so to see if some of those
1: holes get filled, interested <sighs> to see that for his next fight. <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah. And, and to your point, like kind of bringing back some people not liking Don's commentary, I think that's where Dom really shines is because mm-hmm. I'm not a striker. One thing I really like watching, I'm sure you do too, is like breakdowns where people really slow stuff down and they tell you why, you know, why, how someone... I was watching something maybe yesterday or the day before of how people cut off cage. And I'm like, I never would have thought of that. And you and you you see the breakdown of this person travels this much and this person takes one step. You're like, how the fuck do they do that? I think this fight would be a really good one because me watching it, I'm like, God, Giles is just beating him up. But there was something that was going on for Prada's that's like... I'm I'm setting something up and I didn't catch it because I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert I'm not a fighter, so it's gonna be fun rewatching that like in a someone breaking it down or like slow motion where you're like oh he did that earlier and then this is how we saw it because I think when people real time like even dodge a punch I'm like how the fuck do they do that right <laughs> so so that right there where Dom is kind of talking about some of the setups that he's doing and then it comes to you're like he's got an eye for it where am I missing it and then now that educates me to be like. His next fight, I'm looking for something different. It, it was a really fun fight. I just, you know, while I was watching, I was like, Giles is just winning this fight. He's just winning. Mm-hmm. And then, nope. And and when he got knocked out, it was there was no question. It's like, it's it's like he hits hard and accurate. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very very accurate. Yeah. And it's he's so tall. Like that straight is so long that it's yeah that that's hard to avoid. Um, and kind of like with the Ihor uh, Poteria uh, Breitach fight. Right, that let there the size difference was in so evident. Like okay, that like Potera is far far larger, and especially once he started to find a home for that left, right the the straight left. It seemed like even though it was the backhand, there Brightack couldn't avoid it. There was too like the distance he was able to cover so much ground with the straight. It was. Well, it was as, impressive. As soon as he Mortal
1: Kombat tried to sweep him, I was like, that's "I was gonna say not
0: as impressive as that." But that, yeah. that was
1: very bizarre. But honestly, like you know, I have my biases. I'm a human. I'm like God. Mm-hmm. Potier missed weight and all that shit. And it's like, but goddamn, he looked good. Goddamn, he looked he good. Did. He looked loose. He looked confident. He, yeah, like like that's that's what I kept saying. It's like goddamn, he just looks. He just looks like he's in a flow state. Where mm-hmm. What is it, Brychek? Yeah, where Brychek just looked like he was forcing things to happen, where P- P- Portier was just like I'm, I'm flowing with you right now. Things are just working the way I need to, and I mean, great win. You're right, you're right. He just looked good. He he did look big. He looked big. Yeah, but he he looked he looked to have Brychek confused and him to foe naked, <laughs> <laughs> but but naked, but <laughs> <laughs> naked, <butt laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, naked, yeah, but naked, um. And 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 really weird first round with you know two fouls coming from Brightcheck. Mm-hmm. Nobody really got into their groove in that first round, but then but then he and once again Dom and DC talking about like you never train this way. It's it's fucking hard, and I love that type of shit because me I'm like oh you get a break. It's like no I'm losing my flow state. Mm-hmm. But Potier found it in the second round, and then from there it's like oh you know if you're doing a sweep you're feeling yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If you're throwing an elbow combo like you're playing the UFC video game, yeah. like you're feeling yourself. My man Three. threw four in a row, went full Luda. I mean, it was <laughs> it was impressive. And the other thing that impressed me about him in this fight is, despite being like a very tough weight cut to the point where he did not make weight, he looked awful on the scale, The his chin looked better at middleweight. Yep. Because Breitschek, I mean, Polish power. Like, if you watch this guy's fights, and granted, it's not UFC. We talked about with Hermanson and Pfeiffer. Like, once you're at this level, guys' chins are better. It's the reason they're as successful as they are. But he hit him clean multiple times. And I I feel like that was part of the turning point for Potieria. Because, you know, when he's fighting Carlos Olberg, and he gets hit clean, he's going out. Yeah. And now I think he ate that shot and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like th- This is what's what's the threat is coming back at me now. I can I can ease up a little bit and and be a little looser.
1: Yeah, which is weird because usually when you see people have to drain themselves, their chin kind of goes. And he's like, exactly, yeah, the power's different here. You
0: know, yeah. it is
1: it is twenty pounds,
0: and that's one of the things too is that weight class yep. difference, yep. right? Is if you can make one eighty five, and I think the exception being Poetan, but like if you can make one eighty five. You should do it because the guys that can make 205 are walking around at 240 pounds. Yeah, they're huge human. Yeah, they're huge human beings. And like Potieria looked like a light heavyweight in there uh, against him. And and who knows how long he'll last in the UFC because he does some really wild shit and he's been knocked out and yeah. all that. But it'll be entertaining. Like regardless of what happens, it'll be entertaining so long as he is in the UFC another human being that is very entertaining, uh, RoboCop.
1: Oh, my God. I was hoping you brought that up next. God damn,
0: dude. I, I mean, he... He was getting tagged early, and and that is a bit of a hole in his game, yes. right? They talked about it. He does not move his head much. He just kind of keeps it in the middle and, and was getting hit a decent amount. Thankfully for him, Tavares doesn't necessarily carry the the crazy knockout power, which for somebody who's that yoked up, it blows my mind that he doesn't have like insane power because he's, yeah, looks enormous. But for sure, Hawaiian, because my man's got a chin. He ate some hard, clean shots uh Tavares and didn't didn't go out right yeah. like the stoppage he did not go out uh did but you, I thought go ahead
1: no I was gonna say did you think RoboCop won both rounds no yeah so uh, I'm just looking at it now because in my notes I'm like it's got to be one one going to third yeah on two judges scorecards they gave RoboCop the first two rounds which Huh. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised. It doesn't matter. You got the stoppage. Yeah. Doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. But I, in my mind, I was like, okay, it's it's one and one going in third. And then Robocop mm-hmm. was like, I'm not losing this fight. I love to see that. That, that yeah. was exciting to me. That's one of those things that's like a fighter feels like I need to win this fight. And he came out. His combos were nice. He's, I mean, he's outstriking mm-hmm. this guy that I didn't think Tavares was going to get outstruck like that. And he just yep. did. Once again, like when I say, you know. I hate when people are like I knew it because I really thought that Tavares was going to be able to outstrike him. And my thing was, you know, doing fight picks that week was like, as long as he doesn't get taken down, I think he'll be good. And no, yeah. no, no, Robocop is his stand-up is getting better, with the mm-hmm. exception of the holes that you're saying where he gets hit.
0: Yeah, defensively there there's yeah. some some stuff there, uh, but
1: his defense and, and is his, not
0: impregnable. <laughs> yes, exactly, Mike. Um, but it, it's interesting because it's almost a bit of a, a Gilbert Burns type situation, or a, a yeah, like where you have this world champion level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu who now has power, right? And now the striking fundamentals are coming along. So it's not just the one touch, but he can, he's putting together combos. It, it's pretty impressive uh, the development that we've seen from him. I would. I think it's hilarious that post fight he said Obama twenty twenty four because all week when he was at the press conferences, people were telling me look like Obama, <laughs> which
1: that's hilarious. See, I I didn't get that reference. I was like, why did he say that? Like, what a weird thing to say. That's fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, it was going around on on MMA Twitter that because uh, there was one picture of him holding the microphone and he he looked like Obama and everyone was like, what? Uh, but I I would like to see him fight the winner of the upcoming uh, Michelle Pajeda uh, Olian J Jacek. Oh, that's a
1: that's a great fight.
0: That's a yeah, because that's because he's not quite top fifteen yet. Like there, and especially middleweight, where it's such a you know shark tank at this point. But that's another one where it's like, oh, that'll be exciting. You know, he's gonna against both of those guys would have to mind his p's and q's defensively in the striking game because they can both put you out. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's that would be a fun one, another middleweight matchup Uh, and Petrosian Vieira. uh, I thought Petrosian might be able to keep it on the feet long enough to start to uh test the gas tank of Vieira which we've seen in the past. Uh but yeah, once it went to the ground, it was like, okay, he's surviving. He's surviving. Oh, he's not surviving. And you know that squeeze is nasty because he tapped out and
1: didn't even realize it. That 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 was a weird thing because I was like, he almost had me convinced. I'm like, God, his the way he's reacting is like, did he tap out? I thought I saw it. Clear. Clear tap out. But his his ground game is just it's just too big of a hole right now. Like mm-hmm. that's it's it's just too big. I um kind of researching it last week for, you know, the upcoming thing. I was like, ah, if Vera gets into the ground, he's going to do it. But I, I was kind of on the same page, like Petrojan probably won't let him. And it was, it, it wasn't a let, obviously. You don't want to let anybody do that. It was, it was a technical issue of, I can't stop what's about to happen. And yeah, that <laughs> squeeze is wild too. I, I don't remember the last time because I don't think he went out. Right. I don't think he yeah. passed out and, and you don't remember tapping and you didn't go out. That's wild.
0: Yeah. The. What happens, because I've i had it where like getting triangled by somebody with like short, thick legs yeah. where because it, you know, your your blood goes quick yeah. with, with somebody who doesn't have long legs when they hit a triangle on you and you're it's that like tunnel vision. So I could see that like immediate lightheadedness and just like not. Remembering it, it almost reminded me a little bit, and this is taking it you know, way back. Uh, Paulo Filio and Chael Sonnen when oh, okay, Chael Sonnen yeah. tapped, yeah. and then like immediately was like, No, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. And it's like, Well, you you did. Um, now when, well, actually, when this person, actually he didn't, because Chael Sonnen's undefeated, never lost around, yeah, of
1: course. Now, when when this guy had you like in the triangle and like mm-hmm. the blood flow is going, is it because it's all going down to your penis and like you just? Is that why you got too excited? Yeah. I haven't gotten having a guy's very excited. That took a turn. That took a turn. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things his his, his calf kicks were on point. I mean, you're like, you're yeah. chopping, you're chopping Vera down. Proturgian chopping him down. This is not mm-hmm. going to be good. It's, yeah. it's when someone has that wrestling, man, it, it, it's such a game changer. If you can't stop yeah. it, like, like Izzy is one of the people that you're like, you know that that's a hole in his game, and he did enough defensive wrestling that he could stop it. When you mm-hmm. can't stop it, it's it's not it's not working out for people. Yeah, and that it was good to see because as
0: big as Vera has been in the past. And he still is absolutely jacked. Like he looked leaner. He looked like he might have lost some muscle mass, which obviously would help gas tank. We won't know because it was under five minutes. Uh, but ha- has me interested for his next fight. He was somebody that, you know, after the back to back losses had kind of written off. So it'll be interesting to see him uh, again. And then someone else I want to see again, just because uh, what I thought was a very entertaining fight as as Relatively short as it was with that hider, uh, Emil and Fernie Garcia. The first two minutes were absolutely insane. I thought Fernie Garcia was on his way out because there was that kick and Jesus. then the knees, and the then knees, bro. But then he fired back the hook and mm-hmm. wobbled Emil. And then, like, fight hits the ground, it comes back up. They both start throwing hooks, they both get wobbled, and then there was the knees that drop Fernie. I mean, Fernie's as tough as they come. Yeah. Uh, but this is something where we saw and Dom talked about it. It was similar to the Tavares RoboCop fight. Great stoppage on a standing yes. opponent. Yes. Great stop because it's like, okay, this person's body is not going to let, let them stop. It's not going to let them shut off, but they are not defending themselves anymore. He right. They're so just gasped. turtled. Yeah. Just eating shots. I, Love that for, you know, I think it was Mark Smith was refing that one. Like great job in giving him an opportunity to fight back and knowing that this is a guy that does not necessarily get put away yeah. and he can fight back because there was multiple times already in the fight where it looked like he was on his way out and then he just starts throwing back and hurt hurt Emil. But then that last time it was like okay now he's th- he's still throwing back but there is there's nothing behind the eyes right like he's not home anymore yeah
1: it, when Garcia was throwing it was like just throwing something and 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 probably not even like the targeting was was just off I love that you're saying that because I think one thing that you've talked about frequently is this isn't really a fight of consequence why go out on your shield you know like mm-hmm. protect the guy because he's clearly that second round, you're like, oh, he's, I thought he was going to get put out because I was just like, he's just too exhausted and he's not getting put out to your credit. It's not a fight of consequence. You're losing. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get damaged. We're stopping it here. I like to see that shit too, because yeah, I mean, yeah, in a world where he comes back and wins, sure, but maybe, maybe he just gets more brain damage that he doesn't need. Yeah, and I and
0: I hope they don't cut Garcia after that. I know he's 0-4 in the UFC now, but that was short notice up a weight class. You know, like if you cut a guy after that, that is going to uh, discourage people yeah. from taking short, you know, fights like that. So I uh, hope he gets one more opportunity, but you also, you know, 0-4, like he's been out, uh, outskilled, outclassed in, in his UFC tenure. But then looking ahead, we are back to the pay-per-views. And this one taking place in California, which has a very unique thing that just as a fight nerd, um, I got to talk to Kyle Bahalia. get on that team. Uh, <laughs> but something that I really enjoy about the California fights, they have to weigh in the day of the fight and they published they released that information Yeah. I love so that. you actually yeah you actually get to see how big people really are and we have some very interesting well, people on the card that I want to know how big they are when they fight
1: well I think another question I know they're trying to California's the the push for the the hand rule that's not in mm-hmm. effect though right now right no because it just, has not been damn. passed
0: yeah yeah and we saw it last night with mm-hmm. like I forget who it was I think it was Brad Tavares. That was really like trying to play the game. Yep. And the second he was lifting it up, RoboCop teed off on one. Um, but yeah, that's California. I, I like that they they do stuff like that, right? And actually, one of the things that they do, uh, and some people don't like it, but I I do like it with the the day of weigh-in, is if you gain back a certain percentage of your body weight,
1: they won't sanction you again in that weight class. Which is is interesting. So now, so when they weigh in that second time, or like th- <laughs> fight day, what time do they weigh in? Are they back in their I don't underwear? Know do you? Is it a private thing? Is it a public thing? Do you know any of that information? I, I do okay. not.
0: I'd I'd imagine it would be similar of like step back on the scale in your underwear you know just to see uh so you have a true comparison because they're making the decision to not sanction people in the state at the same weight class if they gain back I forget what the percentage of body weight gained back is uh, but it, it's crazy like Sadiq Yusef fought in California weighed in at 145 and 170. god when he stepped back in the cage uh, Paulo Costa who's Fighting on this card had also has fought in California before. And it was something wild where um, he stepped back in at like well over 200 pounds. He was like 209 for a middleweight fight. So, yeah, very, very interesting. I like that they do that just because it's like, oh, this guy is really that much larger than his opponent. That's We've wild. seen it where it's like 10 to 15 pound discrepancies in the cage. And we actually know. Yeah. Because they're showing it to us. Uh, and this... Card is starting off a string of three pay-per-views that are so incredibly stacked. I mean, you look at the undercard on this one, the very first fight of the night, uh, Andrea Lee, Miranda Maverick. Andrea Lee's ranked at flyweight. So stacked, we're not going to talk about that one. We have Oban Elliott, who is a big-time prospect from Wales. Can't talk about it because we have a ton of other fights that we need to talk about. Um, You know, you look at it. I mean, hell, the featured prelim <laughs> is Amanda Lemos Mackenzie Dern, a top 10 strawweight fight. It's not, not even on the main card. We're not going to talk about it because there's a bunch of other stuff that we got to talk about. If it was Lemos Tatiana Suarez, maybe no, be a little different here. Um, yeah, or if Dern had had a better performance against yes. Andrade, we'd be talking about it. Uh, but that's how stacked this card is, is like a fight of consequence where number three versus number seven in the... in You know, a a very good division in women's MMA and not even talk about it, but somebody we are going to talk about. You know, we love our Japanese fighters on this show. Yeah. Rinya Nakamura coming in at eight and oh, he is he's impressive. He's another one of these guys that came off of the uh, the road to UFC. He was the season one bantamweight winner. Olympic level wrestling. I mean, like yes. legitimate Olympic level wrestler was planning on uh wrestling in the Olympics, but when COVID happened and the 2020 games got delayed, he was like, you know, it's it. I'm just gonna go into MMA now. But is that caliber of a wrestler? And we got to see last fight, his last fight, his UFC debut was against Fernie Garcia, who we know we know is as tough as they come. And he got 15 minutes. Of, of domination on this guy which was really good to see because his previous uh, you know he has five first round finishes <laughs> so like yeah i mean and his other finish was less than a minute into round two yeah,
1: so and, and he, against that against uh garcia man he whooped his ass like i know garcia is tough and he doesn't really get put out i was surprised mm-hmm. he didn't get put out though like it was yes like, it was an ass whooping dude
0: yes nice ground and pound yes. has the ability to and you see this from great grapplers and especially wrestlers because they maintain top position position so well, because there is no going to your back to try to submit is he's so heavy. There's so much pressure, but then as the guy starts to build from the bottom he just kind of floats on top Mm -hmm. lets him move and then presses back down it's it's a thing of beauty to watch and i'm i'm very excited to see this guy obviously super young in his mma career but we see mma and experienced guys you know people with less than 10 fights have a lot of success when they have this outstanding wrestling base i mean When we look at his wrestling, he's not an NCAA wrestler because he wasn't in America, but this is a wrestler on the level of like a bow nickel, right? Of somebody who is an an Olympic caliber wrestler we have here. And so that's what we're going to see. At Bantamweight, guys. You know, here's here's another one. And so always super excited to see Bantamweight prospects. Super excited to see uh Japanese prospects. Like this, this is one that the second it was announced, I'm like, yes, I am I am ready uh to watch Rinya fight. And he was actually initially supposed to be fighting Brady Easton, who had won uh the ultimate or no, I think was runner-up on the ultimate fighter. Um, you know, decent prospect in his own right. Yeah, he had lost to uh, Ricky Tercios. Uh, but Good prospect in his own right. But actually really, really excited for that. Uh, And now he's taking on uh, Carlos Vera. Yeah,
1: and not to change from this fight, but he has me excited kind of like Tatsu Retire gets me excited, right? Yes. It's just, uh, and I know, okay, well, because they're both Japanese. No, it's just that they both have this amazing wrestling skill set, and then you're going to see them build up. But like you said, when someone's on top, I, I don't know what that feels like to have someone just like, when you hear about people just heavy, right, Khabib. When They're mm. on top of you. They're just heavy, but I can see it. <laughs> I can see people having problems with it now. For you know Vera, don't know much about him. Um, thirty six years old. Probably going to be a rough night for him. You know, but th- this feels like you're highlighting Nakamura, and it feels like the UFC is as well, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's what this is kind of intended to be. is yeah. is a bit of a a showcase fight for him. Uh, I believe he is opening up the because it's a pay per view. We have. Early prelims, and then and regular prelims. prelims. And he is opening up, uh, I believe, the regular prelims. Um, actually, no, sorry. No, What's it's opening not. up the regular prelims is our next fight that we're going to talk about. Uh, Zhang Mingying and uh, Brendan uh, Hibero. And this is like your Just Bleed special. <laughs> you know, the, this is uh, two guys that just uh, stand in there and and will throw heavy leather and it's it's going to be fun to watch uh zhang is 16 and 6 all 16 of his finishes have come within the first round yes. <laughs> and he's only had one fight go the distance i mean think think tyson pedro like that that's kind of what we're looking at except he'll get he'll get finished too <laughs> you Yeah. Know? so yeah so this is this is going to be a fun one he came in as an a huge underdog in the fight we saw on Road to UFC it was a non-tournament bout, uh, but taking on George uh, Tokos and just blitzing him from the start. He ate some clean shots, which is part of why this is going to be so entertaining. Uh, but was able to just walk through them and and just walk uh, Tokos down and and really put it on him. And then, yeah, Hibero, yeah hold on.
1: So speaking of yeah. that, before you move over to Habero, he's stiffening him with that right hand. The ground and pound wasn't really necessary. No. You know, like it's like okay, I I know you have to fight until it's stopped, but like yeah. you talking about like walking through somebody. It was like, "Okay, that that's not uh, he was done already." Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then
0: we have on the on the opposite side with Brendon Habero. Uh, he has 20 professional fights and only one has seen a decision. Yeah. So between these two guys, we have a combined 42 professional fights and two
1: decisions and 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 let's yeah which is fucking so <laughs> it's insane i mean this is i love that you said it's just just bleed fight it is and yeah i'm i'm totally on board with it betty under yeah, yeah. <laughs> hibero or however you say brinson uh he was a huge again underdog against bruno lopez and starched him right yeah. now here's the question for you because i know you're stoked about this fight who do you think has the better chin uh
0: i think probably Zhang. Yeah, Zhang. Sure, yeah, right. just because yeah. I'm a Wayne's World fan. Yeah. Zhang. Uh, but also, I think he's slightly more defensively responsible. Yeah, than I think Hibera. he's a better
1: technical fighter from what I've seen. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, Hibero has an insane reach at 6'9 for the light heavyweight division, which Jesus is pretty Christ. impressive and has a nice jab, but he leaves openings, right? Like Lopez was tagging him. And, and so I don't think you can do that with the power that's going to be coming back with Zhang. but like this is a true like Rock'em Sock'em robots and of course we're saying this and it's going to be 15 minutes like eight strikes thrown per round
1: or but, who turns into a wrestler first right yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah th- I, I don't this think is, that's going to
1: happen yeah i don't
0: i don't yeah, either I don't. this is going to be one that that is yeah just bleed like y- you know for this will be one that the the people like Uh, i don't really like mma there's too much grappling like show those people this fight because i think it's just going to be you know sloppy not sloppy in a disrespectful way but not like boxing what you think of with professional boxers but like you know, a technical street fight, I
1: will say, is, is what I think this is going to be. That's a that's a great way to say it where it's it's a technical street fight, right? No. hopefully. And then hopefully.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. And then one that I think has the exact same potential is the Danny Barlow, Josh Quinlan fight. Um, you know, Quinlan's somebody that we've talked about in the past, uh, but got handled in his last fight by Trey Waters. And I'm interested to see if he learns from that and paces himself more so, or if he just is the same fighter and comes out and wants to try to put, put Barlow out. Cause Barlow has that one touch. His nickname is left hand to God. And you know, his left hand will send you to God. Yeah. <laughs> just ask Raheem for Forrest. It, it was nasty. He stanky legged him so bad on contender series. Uh, and he's a big welterweight. He's got six foot, seven inch reach. Right. And, and that with the Southpaw, the straight left, you know, he throws to all levels. The body shots are nice. And you know Quinlan's somebody that puts people to sleep, so I think this is one that that has that same potential of a less than around. You know, two guys that are just going to throw.
1: Yeah, and and for me, like watching Barlow, watching Quinlan, um, yeah, like you're saying, Quinlan got he had his moments against Trey Waters, but mm-hmm. he like you said, he got outclassed. He just got outclassed. Yeah. I don't see why Barlow can't do the same. Um, and I honestly think that Barlow has more power than Waters.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. He has more power. The thing is, we haven't seen Barlow on this stage, and he is sure. only seven fights into his UFC or into his MMA career. And it's, and it's and, a so,
1: pay per view. You're right.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing too. And granted, it's on the early prelim, so Doesn't it's not going to be full. But you're fighting. Yeah, in in an arena, and not just in an arena, but one where they don't get UFC events all the time. Yeah. So you're going to have the people that show up. You know, from from Jump Street, because they don't get to see fights that often. You know, it's not like something in the T-Mobile Arena.
1: And 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 we'll talk about the main event later. But Taporio's is bringing a lot more eyes. Just being brash, mm-hmm. Volk is Volk. Yeah. This and and we Big always card. say we always say this is like moments. But this is your moment. You're on the in the UFC. You're on a pay per view. This is your moment. You have to win. That pressure is going to yeah. get on you. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you know he's got mental strength that he can get it away. But this is this is your moment, and it's you're going to know that. So walking into that arena or walking down to that cage is going to be like, fuck, I got to get this. So, yeah, you're right. You're
0: right. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I viewed Quinlan through the same lens of where and he had already fought in the UFC and knocked out Jason Witt. And it's like, oh, here's a guy. But then his inexperience did show against Trey Waters, you know, and and so I will always be hesitant on a guy that does not have a ton of experience because we do not know how they're going to respond. That's what ultimately makes this interesting for me too because from the other side with quinlan do we see something like we saw with cedricus uh dumas where he was knocking everybody out he comes into the ufc and he just got out grappled yeah right by josh Fremd. and yep. it was like oh like this is unfortunate the huge hole in his game and then he comes out in his next fight doesn't go for the knockout and like improved the holes that he had Correct. right showed hey this is where i was weak I'm now getting better at that, so I wonder if that's Quinlan's approach, or if it's like "fuck it, we're going." Hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully it's the fuck way, we're going. It.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. For entertainment value, you want to see that. And before we get to this main card, I do want to talk about something because I was doing research for this event, and <laughs> I kind of got lost in what I enjoy about MMA. And where I got lost in is I'm I'm looking at stats, I'm looking at matchups and everything, and I'm like, that's not even why I want to see some of these fights that are coming up. I don't I don't want to see necessarily. Um, Whitaker and Costa because of the way they match up and their styles. I want to see Whitaker mm-hmm. and Costa because I want to see what Whitaker does after a bounce back loss. I know enough about Whitaker. I want to see Costa because it, is he going to pull out? You know, is he going to is he going to uh, make uh, weight? Uh, I want to see Roman Kopilov, not because of his stuff because he's exciting. I want to see Marab mm-hmm. fight because I want to see him get his title shot. And I kind of got lost in the. I was really excited for this card, and then when I was doing my research, I'm like, where's my excitement at? And I didn't want to get that lost in, in how we talk about this main card. So of course we're gonna break things down. You do a very, very good job of breakdowns, but I'm also gonna talk about reasons why I'm interested in fights outside of stats. And mm-hmm. that's this this main card has me so hyped. And it's not just because Ilya Tepori is a, a clean striker and all that yeah. shit. It's because the other shit. So I just want to put that out <laughs> there because, yeah. you know, we we want to do the service of like telling you guys why these matchups are nice. But <clears throat> sometimes I like to go into some of these UFC events and. Super Bowl's playing tonight, right? I know this doesn't drop till Monday, so it's Super be over. But we we'll record on a Sunday, and sometimes you're just a hardcore Kansas City fan. You don't care who the fuck they're playing. You're just a fucking fan, and I feel about that on some of these fighters. I'm just a Volk fan. I don't care who he's got against. I don't want to see him lose. My heart doesn't, and that's where some of my excitement's from. So we'll get into the you know the breakdowns now. But I did want to say that because I lost some of my like enjoyment of this card coming up just looking at how they match up against each other and i took a step back and i was like why am i actually excited i'm like because volk's the fucking man and that was my reason like volk's (laughs) the man that's why i'm excited now let me do the matchups
0: yeah and that's part of what makes this so much fun i think why we have so much fun talking about these fights is neither one of us is a fighter you know like I have very limited experience training, you know, and, and jujitsu and that's it. And, and so there is that kind of fun, like, I wouldn't say ignorant fan because like, obviously we've been watching this for over 10 years, but there is that kind of fun of you can get excited about the other stuff. Whereas like for me, having been a football coach for 10 years, when I'm watching football, it's like a very kind of technical thing for me of, what exactly is going on how they're setting stuff up and so it's it's a little you know the the other stuff isn't as big to me whereas like with fights there there's the interesting kind of implication like Kopilov right he's been going through people well now he's going up against fluffy hernandez yeah. on short notice so how does kopilov respond to that how does he respond to being the opening fight on a on a huge pay-per-view great pay-per-view against A opener
1: oh yes. my
0: god yeah hey guess what you might have to be present now for the all of the shit that goes yep. on media all of that and you know fluffy's the type of guy he you know pretty good on the mic like you know he's he's going to say some stuff do you feel do you get drawn into that like yeah all that other stuff yeah, really factors into it too and then you get to watch the fights and be like oh yeah both these guys are absolute Killers. Monsters. Absolute killers. One thing that like really struck me as as I was watching these fights, both guys do the same thing where they wear their opponents down, but they do it in such drastically different ways, right? Like you have Kopalov who's in there getting his reads, figuring people out, and then just starts picking you apart, right? He, gets, he starts feigning. Round one, he's feigning to get his reads, but then he continues to do it as part of his setups for, for his strikes. And and it's just beautiful to watch. Whereas Hernandez on the other side, pace, pace, pressure scrambles. He's going to test your gas tank. Right. And so it's two totally different ways of just breaking your opponent down. But the end result for both of these guys has been the same. Some very, very big wins. I mean, you look at, I think fluffy gets slept on a little bit. Like you look at this man's record. He, he has, a, a win over Iron Turtle. He beat Brendan Allen. Yeah. Right? And and we all know what Brendan Allen has become. I Submitted Adolfo Vieira when Vieira was undefeated, you know, multiple time world champion in jujitsu. I think the line was like plus a thousand for fluffy Christ. to submit him to something insane and goes in there and does it. And so like, that's the type of guy he is. He is chin- Right, had got cracked by Edmund Shabazian yeah. multiple times, and Shabazian put out Brad Tavares. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and and so it's you know regardless of what Shabazian's career has has now become, the guy had still had power. Yeah, of course, and, the last and thing to so, go. Right, yes, yeah. and he ate clean shots. And one thing that was pretty an interesting thing is back to back fights: Power Bar, Mark Andre uh, Barrio, and Edmund Shabazian. Hernandez cracked both their ribs, yep, crazy it's, yeah, so like hey kopalov protect protect the body
1: <laughs> and, and and oh one hundred percent for <clears throat> fluffy like you like you're saying you know he's durable as shit, got cardio, can submit you, and Kappalov's never faced a submission like a like, uh, guru like this, guru mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently he went to Dagestan to train his team takedown defense and that's fun because like yeah that's where i'm going to if i need to do some takedowns right Mm -hmm. um and and koplov has been submitted i think he got submitted in his ufc debut if i'm not mistaken so uh let's see yeah and his ufc debut got submitted by carl robertson so it's 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 this is a really tough fight to pick i feel and this is just me feeling Watching some of their past fights, I feel like Kopilov should be the better striker, right? Um it's and it's very weird because it just feels like this is such a huge step up in competition. I think I just have this respect for Fluffy Hernandez that like Kopilov, this is no this is his moment, right? This is his mm-hmm. Ah man, this is this is this is one of those pay-per-view starts and it's like, oh, we're already getting to the good shit, right? Like we're mm-hmm. we're we're starting this off with good shit. I don't know how violent it's going to be, but it's going to be super, super fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's
1: what's very interesting
0: to me about the fight. And these guys prepared for each other already. Like that's part of with it being short notice. They did already have a camp for each other because this fight was supposed to happen. At, uh, Noche UFC and uh, Hernandez French method had to pull out and uh, Josh Frem filled in short notice. But what the interesting thing to me about it is we we remember the head kick to Claudio Hibero, that, you know, just devastating head kick Dave, devastating Dave, the turntable slave. Yeah. Um, but which in context nowadays that not, not not okay. okay, Yeah. Yeah. Not, not okay. I mean, but he's Um, saying it. So it's different. Yeah. yeah, I gave him
1: the name. It'd be rough.
0: Yeah. Guys, (laughs) Google it. Um, but one of the things about that fight was Habero was able to pressure him early. And and Kopilov was was off the back foot, having to circle out. And that is Hernandez's game. Yeah. Is to pressure. Now Kopilov was able to attack the body, get respect, and stop Habero from pressuring him. But can he do that to Fluffy? I, I do not know. And and this is that is what I'm gonna be looking for. Is one, does Hernandez how he normally fights and just pressure in his face. I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't either. But Kapilov freezes people (laughs) with those feints, you know, with the work. And so that's I want to see how that plays out. Whose fight? Whose pace? You know, how does the fight play out on whose terms? Is it going to be you know, Kapilov being able to get his reads or is it going to be him constantly having to use footwork to evade because Fluffy's just walking him down. It, it is, I like both these fighters. I had I had slept on Fluffy for a while mm-hmm. there, and then watching his fights in preparation for this is like, oh, this guy is fun. I mean,
1: there's, guys, a, there's a lot of fun. There's, there's a on. reason why he's number 14 in the middleweight division. Like, we just mm-hmm. we just talked about Pfeiffer trying to break through. We're talking about Hermanson stopping people. There's a reason for it. Kapilov's trying to get his chance. Can he do it? Middleweight's yeah. so fun, man. I, I, we say this every fucking week. It's so fun. Yeah, got four straight finishes. Yeah, right. The the guy went
0: zero wait, and wait, wait. 2
1: four straight Ken flows.
0: Yes, yes. He he has Ken flowed in his last four fights, <laughs> yeah. uh, but started his UFC tenure zero and two, and has now you know, run off that string. And the earliest one of those ended was 33 seconds into round two. Oh my god! So he's not, it's not just crazy power. It is beating people yeah. up and wearing them down. And fluffy is resilient. And we'll go from one guy who started his UFC tenure at 0 and 2 to another guy. And uh, next fight on our card, which I think it's disrespectful. The placement you don't, I do want to talk about that. Uh, but Marab Dwalashvili, and Henry Cejudo uh, being the second fight on the main card. Mirab did start his UFC tenure at 0-2 uh, as well. How do you not think that that is disrespectful, that this is essentially a number one contender fight? Not e- I mean, it's not even the co-main, which I think it should be. It's the second fight on the main card.
1: Because I don't think it's the number one contender fight for Cejudo. That's, that's mm. my problem with it is I don't know why we're acting like Cejudo's the same Cejudo from 2020, right? Now... He did fight well against mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where I took a step back when I was doing. This is one. Of, this is the thing that got me to take a step back and like, wait, what am I enjoying these fights for? And honestly, I'm excited for Marab. I think Marab should. I think Marab should be fighting this fight right now. You know, whatever he has his fight, and it should be for the belt. I don't think he should be fighting this fight. I don't think Cejudo deserves this fight, um, because. Marab's next in line. We agree that Marab, no matter what happens with the O'Malley-Cheeto fight, Marab gets the next title shot. Do we agree? With a win, absolutely. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm saying. With a win. Yep. Does Cejudo yep. get the next title shot if he beats Marab? I think
0: if, um, if O'Malley wins, I think so because I think w- we know O'Malley can call a shot. That's sure. why we're seeing him fight Cheeto. Yeah. And I think in O'Malley's eyes, that is an easier fight because of the size difference and what we saw with the Aljo Cejudo fight where Cejudo couldn't, couldn't get the range going.
1: Not really the question I asked though, huh? Guy? Do you think, think he deserves he it? it? Oh, does he deserve it? Yeah, probably after, not. After three years of not fighting, he gets to fight Aljamain Sterling, mm-hmm. loses, mm-hmm. and then fights Marab wins. So it's not a, dis- who, who would
0: you say would deserve it?
1: Are you going Sanhagen there? If Marab loses, mm-hmm. yeah, it was San Hagan. Probably so. Or, so, Cejudo had his chance against Sterling, and I think we both agree that Sterling won, correct? You're you're on the boat that Sterling won that. This this mm-hmm. split decision shouldn't have. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: it was, yeah, clear cut in, yeah, fe- in
1: my eyes. Yeah, it felt more like, you know, okay, Sterling won. Um. I think Marab deserves to... Have I, I? feel like Marab's taking this fight because it's Cejudo. Uh, I think the reason why I'm not so sold on it being like a co-main because I don't know. I well, let me let me ask you this: Who do you think's gonna win? Like, forget about the breakdown mm. real quick. Who do you think's gonna win? Marab's camps. They train from what? Two times. Uh, yeah, two times part of his camp because he's not always like he
0: trains out in Vegas, but like Fair. his main coaches are still Sarah Longo. Yeah, they, they did it twice for, uh, what was it? Sterling. And then, um,
1: so ah, who was the so, other one? So, but more recently they did it for Sterling, which is yeah. the new version of Cejudo, right? We trained for yeah. Cejudo. We saw, and we got that information. I hope Marab gets this win. Not because I'm not a fan of Cejudo, I just think Marab has done enough to get that belt. Yeah, and and weight below. Yeah, and if I'm if I'm Marab, I think beating Cejudo will get me that. I just don't think Cejudo should be in the position to get a fight to get another title shot. I don't. What what has he done? I mean, it would be like John Jones coming back and losing at heavyweight for the first time, and then we're like, we still want to have title. It's like, well, why do we want to have that? But, what if he this beats is the, Marab? This is exact. I don't think he should be in this position at all, is what I'm saying. You don't think he should be fighting Marab. I don't period. Do you think that he deserves to fight Marab? You come back uh, after I, a three year layoff. you lose the title shot. So you fight for a number one contender. I think that's in abandoned yeah, division. I, I don't I don't
0: think he de- deserves it. I
1: think that, which is hard to say because he he was
0: a champion. You know, in 2020, twenty, twenty twenty, I'm I'm with you, I'm with you. But I think, yeah, I think Marab should be fighting next month for the title, not Cheeto
1: Vera, right? I one hundred percent agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I I also think, and and I do think Marab will win. But I think there's a there is a hundred percent a path to victory for Sahudo mm-hmm. here, and of and course. so I you know that's the thing too is if you match up Sahudo with anyone else in the top. Five top 10, I think probably the only person that we wouldn't say he, you know, he has a very good chance to beat would be Sandhagen.
1: So there's, Other a, than Marab- there's a difference for me for a very good chance to beat and will win, right? I think Sehudo. Mm-hmm. I think his championship, his gold medal Olympic mentality gives him a chance to beat anybody that you yeah. put in front of him. I just think that mm-hmm. he's that type of guy, right? You're not going to break him mentally. You have to, you have to stop him. Rewatching the cejudo Algermain Sterling fight, I, I don't think that Cejudo is necessarily a champion or a long-standing champion in the band and weight division in 2024. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think Cejudo fights O'Malley. O'Malley finds his chin, keeps that distance, mm-hmm. and finds his chin. Right. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Maybe maybe I'm coming from this from like a fairness point, and I shouldn't be really doing that because I don't make fights. But Marab shouldn't have to beat Cejudo or even have threaten. And then let's just say Marab loses, and then Cejudo gets a title shot. It's like this is the bantamweight division. We just gave yeah. the guy his last two fights were a loss, a a win, and then another title shot. I don't I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited about the fight because. What Marab brings and what Cejudo brings is very, very fun to like clash with each other. But I wasn't happy about this fight when it got announced. I, I just didn't find the need for it. Yeah. The only problem is, is who else does Marab fight? That's yeah. the only problem, right? That's that's the big issue. Um, now, now that I went on this rant about how I don't need to see this fight, it's a really fucking fun fight. This is a really fun oh, yes. fight, right? Um, and it's always fun to see a camp train for somebody and then another fighter and they can't fight because mm-hmm. you see what your fighter did wrong and where can you expand on that and and luckily Algermain did some things wrong but he won so mm-hmm. Marab already knows who those weaknesses is. uh what do you think about it and Marab was in the corner too so yeah. you're there live seeing this guy you, you
0: know up close and personal uh, how he operates yeah. um the it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because one this is one of the few fights where neither guy has to worry about a reach disadvantage right because they're both usually much shorter yeah, than their true. opponents and and so this is kind of the rarity but also i'm very interested to see the grappling because as you know there obviously calf kick will be there for marab and he throws it very well he, he hurt yawn and so who has that pit bull brothers karate yep. stance? So is it you know he's a little wider? Um but I want to see the grappling because when you look at Marab, what he does in the grappling, it is absolutely relentless mm-hmm. against Jose Aldo. He went 0 for 16 on his takedowns, but kept trying yeah. well into the third round. Yeah, right. I mean, the whole fight, he was still trying for the takedown, and so He's going to force you to do that. Against Jan, he attempted 49 takedowns, five-round fight, and did not look tired at all.
1: How how stupid is that By the end of it. How stupid is that stat? Insane.
0: Insane. I mean, (laughs) 49 times, like, over the course of fight. So he's averaging almost two takedown attempts per minute.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Insane. And so, and he does have, it is almost that, Khabib esque, uh, I'm not super concerned about trying to keep you down. Yeah, because you get back up. I'm just I have the gas tank to try to take you down over and over and over and over, and we're gonna see if you also have that gas tank. Yep. Because I'm I'm gonna be here 25 minutes. and This is only 15 minutes. And, like, and,
1: I'm, I'm going to be here the whole time. I'm very interested to see how that plays and out. That, and that's one of the fun things about this fight is because, like I just said, Suhudo, you're not going to break him, right? Mm-hmm. As long as his body can do things, his mind is already... His mind is probably sharper than his body always because when he's not <laughs> in camp and out of out of shape, I'm sure he could jump in and, and still grapple with the best of them, right? And, and, and stay in a fight. So that's going to be real fun, especially on the shorter fight time. Um... It's going to be it's it's always going to be good for someone like Marab as an athlete to beat a Saúdo because it's like dude I beat that guy, right? Triple C. I beat Triple nope. C. I don't know how the fight's going to actually play out because we've only seen Saúdo fight once. Um I think he slowed down but I don't think he slowed down cuz of cardio issues. I think he just slowed down because Al Jermaine was dictating the fight better. Right? Yeah. But but I don't think it was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't my body can't do it. So is this fight even going to be dictated? Is it? Is just the threat of the pressure of takedowns going to keep it standing up? That's that's the type of fun mm. shit. I don't know who's going to win. I just want Marab to win because I, I really want Marab to get his shot. And, yeah. and it's just, I don't know. It, if Cejudo wins, it'll be a... um The Bantamweight division is going to be real weird going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it definitely will be. Um the The thing that... That's wild to me, and I think it goes to your point of, um, you know, Marab should not have to be fighting Sahudo. The last time Marab lost a fight, Sahudo hadn't even won the flyweight championship Jesus yet. Jesus
1: Christ, man,
0: come on. Yeah, 2018, the second fight in the UFC, and he was winning the fight and just got caught. In, in the last 10 seconds and was unconscious when the bell sounded, you know, he was beating Ricky Simone, out yeah. uh, pretty, pretty handily. And and so, yeah. While the, the run that Marab is on is, and, and, and is that's, insane.
1: That's almost why I have a problem just with the matchup being matched up, not with the actual fight. Cause I think it's going to be a really entertaining fight. I, I guess it has a chance to be kind of boring. I guess it has a chance, but it, I think it's going to be entertaining.
0: If Cejudo can use the karate to keep Marab at bay, you know, with the the lead leg, then it could potentially, yes. Sure,
1: but I think the problem I have with it is I just think that it's an undeserving matchup. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of where I go with that.
0: Yeah, now one that uh, I do think uh, is is a matchup that makes a ton of sense is the next fight on the card, and that is old hands of steel, (laughs) Jeff Neal uh, and IMG Ian Machado. Gary, you know, we know there is bad blood here. This fight was booked. Previously, uh, IMG wore the shirt with um, Jeff Neal's mugshot from when he got arrested on a DUI with uh, uh, unlawful possession of a gun. Uh, You know, wore that, uh, which is, you know, uh, taking it a a little far. Um, And But then that's when Jeff Neal uh, ended up having to pull out and Neil Magny stepped in uh, and w- was a bit of a, a star making performance for IMG at that point. You know, obviously since then there's been all kinds of crazy shit that's happened and people have turned on him. You know, yeah, but that's all, his all personal that life. Aside. I could give a fuck less. Yeah.
1: I want to see how he's going to fight Jeff Neal.
0: Yes. Cause there is bad blood here and let's not forget Jeff Neal gives people
1: brain hemorrhages. He yes. so hard. And, and the crazy, I'm about to make a crazy statement, please. If you disagree, um, let me know. I think, I think Gary has a speed advantage. I, I don't think that's too crazy, but I think he can outstrike Neil. I, I, just, I, feel, I have this feeling, like watching some of Jeff Neal's fights, I feel like Ian Gary can outstrike Neil. I don't think he can finish Neil, And that's where it's going to be real interesting to see because if he can, that's super impressive. If, if mm-hmm. Gary finishes Neil, it's going to be like, oh, shit, because he didn't finish Magny, but he destroyed him. I mean, mm-hmm. destroyed him, and then yeah. we. And after we saw Magny just fight lot and show that yep. that next level of um, kind of resolve or whatever experience. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I, I mean, do you think Gary's going to submit, Neil? No, probably not. You know. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is probably, in my mind, feels like it's going to be a three round fight, and. Neil has all the experience behind him, you know, he has yeah. all the experience. So we, we talk about it. I can't, I can't take that away. Cause when I'm talking about with other fighters, it matters Hermanson, you know, mm-hmm. Neil has the experience and, and now he has the motivation to not like back down from it. So this is, this is a fun fight. Yeah. I, and I,
0: I think I do disagree as far as, uh, IMG winning the striking. Okay. Based solely on the fact from the Shavkot fight. We saw uh, Jeff Neal have some issues with kickers before, you know, Wonderboy. But what he did to Shavkot... I mean, Shavkot won that fight because of the clinch work, grappling. You know, not because of the strike. And Shavkot has really nice kicks. But Jeff Neal did a fantastic job of crowding him. Taking that weapon away from him. You saw when he would go to throw the kick... Jeff Neal wouldn't try to get away from it. He would step in Yep. and he was landing counter shots. I mean, Shavka's heads made out of concrete because he had his mouthpiece on the ground yeah. eating clean shots. And that lets you know what kind of animal Shavka is because there was breaks where they were not engaged and Shavka didn't even look at Herb Dean. Yeah. And he just kept, kept going forward. Fucking the country animal. in the
1: world. You don't, you don't look for Jeez, mouthpieces,
0: man. He's us. Um, yeah. And, Great exporter of potassium, but the uh, his ability to he learned from the Wonder Boy fight. He crowded Shavkat and took away that weapon. So now, if Neil can dictate the range, because Neil's predominantly a boxer, he'll throw kicks, but yes. it's predominantly about the hands. If he can dictate that range and get inside, his hands are going to be better than than IMG's hands. You know, we've seen IMG get hit and dropped in boxing range before sure. against somebody who is not as powerful as Jeff Neal and Kanan Song. So this is, I think there is very, very real danger for IMG in, in this fight from a striking standpoint. And I think that he really needs to, like his footwork needs to be there. To be able to dictate, I think he needs to be careful about throwing the calf kick. It's it's not necessarily going to be there because we have orthodox versus southpaw. But if he tries to switch stance and do it, whenever you switch stance, unless that is your whole game, which it's not for IMG, your defense is not the same. And so, and the liver shot's not there because IMG is the orthodox fighter. Yeah. So like that footwork, the lead hand game is going to be big. I think IMG has to do something to keep it at kicking range, because if this gets into boxing range, that that is not good for him.
1: And 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 I'm not going to disagree with that. I think that his kicking game will not be stifled, at least not for the first two. I think mm-hmm. that, or I think I, I don't know why I think that. I just I feel like IMG's kicking game over three round fights. And I just think that he has a slight speed advantage and that's going to, it's going to show. Up. And that's, that's why we watch the fights, man. This is mm-hmm. a, this is a really fun fight. And for IMG, it's a, it's going to be the next level fight for him that he was trying to have and then beat no Magny. but no Magny, for some reason just doesn't get that respect. Right. It's just, he doesn't get that respect of like the way he treated no Magni in that fight should have gotten him all the flowers in the world but then his personal life came and everybody forgot how much he beat somebody up. Yep. So this is this is going to be huge for <clears throat> IMG. Now, now you broke the top 10. I know he's ranked ten, but he broke the mm-hmm. top 10. And then the people in front of him, it's not easy. So it's, you know, this is this is big for him. And, and
0: also, like, let's not forget the outside of the cage shit, because IMG had talked all this shit. Right after the Neil Magny fight, he was going to fight a, a friend in Luque, so he wasn't really talking shit. Yeah, but everyone was super hyped because it was MSG, and he was going to be, you know, press row, and you had uh, Patty and Ferguson and Colby. You know, you had all these shit talkers, and he was going to be part of that. And then all this stuff comes out where people are making stuff up about his family situation, and like it catches on. Yeah, and then he gets sick and can't be there. Yeah. And can't fight. Yeah. And so now he's coming back. And this is a fight where he had openly said, oh, no, Jeff Neal pulled out of our fight. He doesn't get he doesn't get to fight me again. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling the shots here. And now the UFC's like, oh, wait, you pulled out during fight week. Guess what? Yeah. You, you, you have to go fight this guy now. So I want to like I want to see what IMG is all week. You know, press conferences, all of that is he is it the same bravado? You know, what happens when when Jeff Neal makes a comment about his wife? Like like what you know? What are those things gonna look like? And Jeff Neal has been in there with Wonder Boy, right? He's been in there with Balal, with Luke, with Shavkot.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the, that's...
0: the best that IMG has been in with is Neil Magny, which is really good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but not the level of Wonder Boy, not the level of Shavkot, not the level of Bilal. Yeah, and right. so. All of that, this is the biggest fight of IMG's career. And then you have all the outside the cage stuff happening. Like, what are we going to see? And he's
1: young. He's 26. So I am going to make a a determination on somebody that I have no idea about. <laughs> nice, nice. But I feel like IMG has a mental fortitude for that press, for that media. Tur- uh, him coming out and kind of roasting Rampage Jacksons like, you don't even know that I was on your fucking show on Monday. Like, I'm not doing it now, right? I think Man. that he has, I'm the I'm rubber your glue type shit going on. Where it's just like boing flip. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> you can say whatever you want, but I'm going to say it louder, more brash. And that's just, I, I think that no matter what J- Jeff Neal says, he's going to, let's say he brings up his personal life, his wife. It's like, yeah, but... You're the one who got butt hurt when I put the, the thing. You're the one who I broke you. You're mad. You're still mm-hmm. thinking about me. I'm still in your head. Yeah. And I think that Ian Gary has just enough of that 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 part won't break it down. But that won't matter once that cage is locked. Because like you yeah, said, once that left hand coming. I really value experience and people that you have fought. And to your, to your point, Neil has fought these people. Ian Gary hasn't. But now he's going to fight two of these people. And if he beats two of these people, then it's fun. Oh, off to the races.
0: Oh, right. He God. gets he gets this win then especially because on this card, he does it. He's gonna talk a bunch of shit. He is getting a top five after that. No questions asked. He, you know, he
1: is right behind Shafgott as far as prospects for for the title. Yeah, because Go. even Colby just came out and was like, I'll I'll fight all these people to get back to where I need to be. You can you imagine Gary calling out a Colby in that press conference? That's gonna make the UFC mm-hmm. money. That's a that's a fight where you're like now you have to answer some questions, Colby, but you also have to answer some questions, Gary, that you can yep. have a guy that if he fights the same. So um and a question I really want to answer is what does Whitaker look like? What does Bobby Nuggets yes. look like, man?
0: Yes. I and what does Costa look like? Like that's I am intrigued by that because and yeah, Whitaker. Just seeing how he rebounds is going to be know, gonna be man. interesting. He he rebounded very. We'll put Costa on the back burner real quick. Please. Uh, we we saw him rebound from the Izzy loss. Yeah. And mind his p's and q's defensively for a while after that. Yep. Put on really good performances. Turn away prospects. Fight very sound fights. Yep.
1: Right, Win. Darren Till.
0: Win. Yes. Fought a good fight against Izzy the second time, fought a very responsible fight against Vittori. Yep. But then we saw him fight a little irresponsible against DDP. Yep. Right. He kind of his style is that in and out, that in and out karate blitz yep. kind of style. But in both times where he has gotten beat up in the middleweight division, he didn't back out. Yeah. He kind of froze for a second and stayed in the pocket with guys. Costa has the power. If you want to if you hang out in the pocket, it's gonna be a problem. And that's how Costa fights. He kind of just like gets into the pocket and plants his feet and and just stands there in front of you and kind of dares you to to attack him. Yeah. So yeah, this is But I think if Whitaker can maintain his style.
1: But but here here's the thing that um and and I'm a fan of Whitaker. I'm I'm just mm -hmm. a fan of him. Whitaker's better than Costa by a long shot. Like his his skill set is better than Costa. Skill for skill, yeah, I would. Skill for skill, it's better. I'm not the biggest believer in Costa today because I don't have anything really to base it on. When he fought Vittori, mm-hmm. he missed weight. They went up to 205 almost, and and during that time, people were like, "Oh, he was trying to get Vittori to not take the fight so he could, you know, duck him." I don't know about that, but he did. His mind wasn't there to get to where he needed to be. That he signed the contract, and because Vittori is a G. He's like, fuck it. I'll fight you, right? Yeah. I'm not going to let you guys say that I'm ducking somebody. And he lost. Uh, or Costa lost, not Vittori. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but rewatching that Luke Rockall fight, he should have beat up Luke Rockhold. He should have stopped him. That's my yes. opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And that Costa doesn't beat Whitaker. I don't, I don't see a world where Costa... So my question for Costa is, 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 is where's his head at in this game? It's been yes. a year and a half that he's fought... Now he's had some in, uh, uh, injuries, you know. The secret juice shit is always fun or whatever he fucking calls it. That's that's just, yeah. just funny to me. But looking looking back, I guess now hindsight, we shouldn't be surprised that DDP beat Whitaker. I'm surprised now that we, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. at how DDP beat Whitaker though. Like that, not that that he did is how he did rewatching mm-hmm. the fight. Like, I know what's going to happen. I'm like, no, can, can we live in the universe where Whitaker beat, wins this fight? Because yeah. I'm a fan. This is a fun fight, but I don't... I mean, in the multiverse, it's got to be a 95% of, of all the universes that exist in the world and and whatever that Whitaker wins, right? Like, I just... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Saturday night's going to be the fucking one out of 10 times that Costa Costa wins the fight. And I think
0: this also goes back to your argument of why Cejudo um, uh, Marab shouldn't be the co main. I don't think this should be the co main because you look at Costa, he has one win since beating Yoel Romero in 2019. He's only fought three times yeah. since then. Perfect. And that one win was against Luke Rockhold. Yeah. Right, so so I think like this is one where when you look at Costa, he's only fought like once a year since 2018. Yeah, and let's see, does he have? He has no wins over anybody in the UFC. I mean, he's ranked number six. Yeah, and I it's don't, weird I don't get be- his ranking.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's just it's so weird because he was. I mean, an absolute destroyer stood in front of Yoel Romero, walked Yoel Romero down to get that title shot against Izzy. Amazing fight. And eight clean shots from Yoel. No problem. But he has this self-destructive streak that I don't understand, right? Because whether it happened or not with the wine in Izzy, right? Like, if you didn't and you're making up an excuse, that shows something about your mental. Correct. If you did... That shows something about your mental, too, where going into the biggest fight of your life, you almost wanted to build in an excuse of, of why, if you lost, it was okay. And then same thing going into the Vittori fight, which was his first fight since then, and it was, you know, a year later and automatically built in, oh, well, you know, I didn't really train as hard. We're doing this at light heavyweight. You know, like he just does that, and then his next fight is against a guy coming back who hadn't fought in years. Yep. And I mean, he almost got caught a, a couple times. Luke
1: Rockhold had success in that fight, and Luke Rockhold yes. looked like he was dying. The yeah, like fight.
0: four minutes into the fight, yeah, like he his, looked exhausted.
1: His, oh, it was it was wild. Yes, and
0: the man's had five fights canceled in the last three years. Like there, there's just so much around him that. I mean, yeah, if you get a win against Whitaker, great. Fantastic. You know? But I don't know if that's going to happen. I will say, though, that Costa does look to be in good shape. He yep. looks leaner than he has before. Um, the and, most drug-tested
1: athlete last year, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, I, I th- not. Th- I think the, they said the he was the most up, drug-tested athlete last year.
0: Yeah, which, good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but, yeah, is it going to be that like prepared, hungry... Paulo Costa on, on the way up or is it the self destructive, you know, mentally can't quite handle the accepting his failures, you know? So building in those excuses, like which one is it going to be? Because him against Vittori, he was a shell of himself.
1: Oh my God.
0: But even then there was times where he connected big and it was like, Oh
1: shit. Yeah. It's, you know, anybody doesn't get knocked out. Yeah,
0: exactly. Anybody not named Marvin Vittori's is falling down.
1: It, what, yeah, what's going to be real fun about this is if, no matter if Whitaker wins or loses or whatever the result is, mm-hmm. there's two questions that are kind of still going to be answered. Like, did Costa look good? Uh, or mm-hmm. did Costa look bad? And did Whitaker bounce back or not? You know, it's like, it's very mm-hmm. hard to, it's, it's, it's going to be definitely after the fight, fun talking to you about like, okay, sure. Whitaker looks like he's back, right? He looks like he's sharp. Yes. Or Costa look like he has another built in, you know. So it's it's a fun fight. I, I'm 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 leading we'll toward I'm I'm leading toward your like agreeing with you that yeah this isn't really this is a this is a co main cause Whitaker. Right? This mm-hmm. is co main because of his name. I agree bigger with bigger bodies. Huh? Bigger a, 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 bodies. Yeah. Always bigger, I get that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, let's let's have our short kings have some shine too. But yeah, I get right? I get what you're saying now. I get what you're saying with Whitaker, Costa because if Costa wins, it's not like he's in title talks at all. Right? Yeah. If Whitaker does, then, then maybe he's in title talks. Maybe you say like, okay, Hamza, you know, maybe you say, start, start saying this thing. Um, maybe you say Whitaker trickling, you know, you start talking about those things. So really yeah. to push the middleweight division further, Whitaker needs to win. Mm-hmm. And if cost, if, well, if Whitaker loses that, I, ah, th- oh, man, I don't even yeah. want to live in that world. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. Yeah, we'll see. I,
0: I do not either. Um, yeah, and then wanting to see how somebody rebounds. Oh let's see. Let's see what happens with with Volk here. He because, which said, by he the way,
1: said he had a concussion. Is this? I mean, obviously, but yeah, like yeah, put out. Yeah, <laughs> That's, fuck. Yeah,
0: which by the way, the video that he released about being too old is fucking hilarious. He does it so Actually, well. well acted. Yes. Yeah, well acted. It was,
1: it was like impressive. he gets it. He just he's just somebody that. I'm a fan. And this is what I'm saying. This type of shit. I don't always want to just break down a fight. White Taporia yeah. matches up well. It's like the outside shit makes it fun. And that that hyped me up even more. I'm like, he gets it. He understands yeah. that this is fighting, but there's also fun to it. Yeah, it was a hilarious video. Yeah. and
0: But I do want to see how, how he responded because it was very different how he lost to Islam the first time, which I will still contend. It was 4-1 Islam. Not as close as people thought. Um but then, I mean, what happened to the second he got put out. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that, we have not seen that happen to him. Uh, once again, with with some built-in excuses where, you know, oh, short notice, and I was drinking every day for weeks before. And like, uh, you know, what is – and it, w- it makes what, more sense now what he said post-fight yes. about, like, I need to be in camp, guys. Like, I need that structure in my life. Um, and so if he does have that structure, like, great. Because when he's had that structure, he's looked amazing. He hasn't right? lost
1: that. His division.
0: Yes, arguably right. the greatest 145-er of all time. The more he does, I mean, I think if he puts away Teporia here, whether it's a finish or just a win uh, against Teporia, now you are having those, like, really his resume against Aldo, against Max, like, in their primes. How, I don't see how he's not considered the best, but... Agree. Yeah. Agree. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to see how he rebounds. Rewatching his his past two featherweight fights. God damn, he's so good. He's, like the Max 3 fight, we saw such a different Volk. He was so incredibly loose in there. I mean, he's talking shit to Max from the start. He cuts him like badly, yeah. and I think it was round three, and just immediately starts yelling, oh, that's bad, that's bad. <laughs> you know, like a mid-fight, he's doing this too, prior to their trilogy, which they should have never even had the third fight, uh, but... Max is a guy that everyone's saying is the best 145er of all time. Yeah, and what he how. did to him in that third fight was unbelievable and then turned around and has to fight the, you know, the next big prospect in Yair who's he's going to be the one, you know, we've never seen somebody like him uh, and just schooled him. Yeah. I mean, he absolute beat down for 15 minutes and totally Changed the way he fought. That's what's so impressive to me about Volk. He does it all. Yeah. Right. Whether it's striking and beating out striking Max Holloway. If it's grappling where he's able to grapple with Islam, grappling Yair, even the pace that he chooses to fight with, right against Max and Max three, he's fainting. He's getting his reads. It takes him a while to get going against Yair is hey young buck sink or swim yep <laughs> you know well I'm going to take you into some deep waters here and just pressured immediately and stayed on him and when he got the opportunity to finish in round three just fucking swarmed him and and so that to me his ability to change pace change pressure change style it it is unbelievable what he can do
1: and that's one thing and in, and in- Let's just keep talking about Volk. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's one thing that Tapori doesn't have yet, or hasn't been able to show. I think what Volk has shown and will show in this fight, if it goes, you know, if if he doesn't get starch knocked out, or whatever, is mm-hmm. that that download information is important, and Volk does it every mm-hmm. fucking time. I haven't seen enough of Tapori to say that he has it consistently. Yeah. But to your point, that max three fight, now given they fought twice, but the max two fight was close. Yes, you can Very. argue some other things. Max three fight wasn't close. He downloads information, and he has something to prove now. Like you, you always have something to prove defending your belt, but you, you lost. You got knocked out. People, because I'm gonna make a statement. If if the second Islam fight didn't happen, I would be even leaning more toward like Vulcan to destroy this kid, right? I would, Mm -hmm. but but because it Mm -hmm. happened, there are questions now. There is sure. There's. A built-in excuse, but he was on the sideline. You know, like Volk was on the sideline. He wasn't preparing for a fight. He didn't have anything on the horizon. Now, you brought up a point in a you know conversation we had on the phone. Why was he doing that? Well, yeah, you know that that. But he has the structure now. So for me, I just well, first of all, I don't want to see Volk lose the belt. I'm just going to keep it real. (laughs) Once again, this is this is one of those things. Like I, I when I was stepping back, I was like, why am I excited to see this belt? Because I'm a fan of Volk. And and he's my guy. You know, like, he's my guy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him win. Um, but I think that the more the fight goes on, the higher chance that Volk has to download Tepori's information and utilize what his skill set is and really take control of the fight. Now, I will say this. Now we'll switch over to Teporia. That motherfucker can strike. I watched a breakdown of his striking, and I was, mm-hmm. and once again, I'm not a damn, I'm not a fighter. So watching someone not You don't only, have
0: Muay Thai tattooed on your chest?
1: <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 when you have someone breaking down, like, a, 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 a sequence of something, a, of a fighter, and then it's in slow motion, you're like, God damn, like, how, how are they doing this? I mean, Teporia uses so little- like movement to get out of the way of something. And and you're watching all these fights. You're watching uh, I think it was uh Brendan Fitzgerald and I don't even know who the other guy was. It was UFC breakdown. And you're watching like Emmett really expend so much information to get toward him and he's just sitting there and he moves just like like a centimeter and like how the fuck are you out of the way of a hand? Um so his his he's super accurate. He hits hard as fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's he's a smart fighter, but the question that I have for Taporia because it's his moment, and he's young. And he already, I'm going to fight Connor next. Like, he's dismissing the featherweight. So, his, he and his, I mean, he has featherweight, apparently, on one of his socials, maybe Instagram. He's a featherweight champion. He's doing all yep. the right things to, like, get his name out there. But if he hurts Volk, does he have the control to pull back if the finish isn't there? Or does he blow his load? That's one thing I'm really going to be interested in seeing for Teporia in this fight. Because we already know he's skillful. We already know Volk's skillful. We know Volk can pull back. We know Volk can be in danger and come back and win. Can Teporia have it on his mind? I'm about to be a champion. Volk not go out because it's hard to put Volk away, and mm-hmm. then pull back and say I'm not going to expend because I I might have you know whatever round it is, four more rounds, five rounds, whatever. Yeah. And it's it's a question that I'm I'm going to be interested in watching to see how poised Teporia is, how he can download Volk's information, can Volk mm-hmm. download his, can he take that pressure, can he feel? You know, I'm just making up scenarios, but. In the fifth round, he's down three one to Volk. Can he push it to the next level? He's down two two. Does he have that extra? He's up. Does he? Uh, you know these things that Teporia Volk. I already feel like we have the answers of a mm-hmm. lot of these things. Yeah. Taporia is kind of the. I don't know much about him. If he wins, all respect. I just don't want him to. Right. He'll have thing. other chances. Yeah, yeah, this is my fucking thing.
0: Yeah, I think that is a very. Interesting look on it of because we do know we know Volk built yeah. right like look at he dismantles people over time. Yeah, we have a super small sample size for Taporia on anything longer than like eight minutes, right?
1: <laughs> Which is but impressive he, in its own right, <laughs> extremely, <laughs> yeah.
0: extremely. But he also showed that in the one fight we have, he showed that against Emmett. He showed as the fight went on, he built and built and built. He had Emmett hurt. Horribly, horribly in round four and did not blow his load, yep. right? It was able to show restraint. I think Taporia has like true championship mental. And by that I mean, like you watch the Jai Herbert fight, and granted, he was fighting up a weight class in England. He got hurt badly in round one. That high kick, I mean, he he was hurt. He immediately went to his bread and butter, which is crazy to think that it's grappling Yeah, because when you watch what he's done striking and it was really fun to watch from like the Damon Jackson fight onto the Josh Emmett fight because his striking just gets better every single time. And he's known as having this like phenomenal boxing and that's not his primary discipline. Like the guy was a grappler and to see that build has been awesome. But For him to, it's like what we talked about with Armand Sarukian and Joachim Silva. Like we see this happen with guys that are championship caliber fighters where he got hurt badly and he was able to execute what's in his DNA to be able to get the fight back to where he could be competitive again. And so that is extraordinarily impressive. And then to have the wherewithal where he's not. You know, the next round, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to grappling because now I'm scared. It was I am setting things up in the striking game to boom, go to the body, drop hands up top face plant game over. I mean, just extremely, extremely impressive. He works the body so well. Jai Herbert, Damon Jackson. I mean, he is hurting people. Absolutely just demolishing them to the body. Um you know, and and it wasn't just the one kick against Herbert either, right? He wrestled, separates, boom, clipped a couple more times, right? Like he was hurt a lot in that fight. So one, he's got the chin, we know that. He fought the duration against him, and he got he got hit by Emmett, but obviously he outclassed Emmett. Yeah.
1: There,
0: there's a couple things that I'm curious about. One is when he's been hit and hurt, it's come from his right side. Emmett's left hand Herbert with the high kick from the left so what is it defensively I don't have the you know the knowledge the the expertise to know what exactly is it about when things come from that side that he's not seeing it as well as as he's seeing other things um so is Volk is that a read Volk has we know Volk switches stances does different things right it seems like Volk likes to be orthodox, but will switch to access things that he likes to access. Whether it's the calf kick, whether it's for grappling purposes. So, is he going to, you know, fight southpaw to try to open up those kicks to the rights? I, I don't know. Yeah, but that's one question, and the other is: we saw Taporia look absolutely fresh against Josh Emmett in the fifth round, but that was fighting his pace for twenty-five minutes. Correct, and with Volk's ability to change pace, dictate pace. What he did to Yair, right? Like, oh, here's a guy that thinks he can hang. I am going to just put him on the back foot and drag him to deep waters immediately. Let's start testing that gas tank. Is Volk going to fight that fight against Taporia? And can Taporia last fighting at someone else's pace for that long? Or does Taporia have the skill set to not allow Volk to dictate the pace,
1: you know? Yeah, and uh, absolutely. I mean, great points. And and then the theme of this fucking this episode is the people that Volk has fought is different, you know, and and is already dismissing. I'm not going to fight Max. I'm not going to fight T-City. I'm not going to even fight these people that are at the top of the division that Volk has proven that he can beat. He's fought those guys. Experience does matter. But every once in a while, the changing of the guard. And this fight is exciting because is it a changing of the guard moment? Is this a Edgar BJ Penn type thing where you're like, oh, the new, the new blood's in here? You know, we didn't really get this. This feeling is different. And what's exciting for me, this feeling is different. When I watched Izzy Strickland, I didn't think Izzy was gonna lose. I had no, I had no doubt is he was going to beat Strickland, you know? When Nunez fought Pena and lost, I didn't, I had no doubt that Pena, there wasn't a, this might be a changing of the guard for a 35-year-old to 28 whatever to is. This fight going into it is a, is Volk done as the reigning champion as the new blood coming into this division? I hope not, but that's what makes this fight really super exciting for me because if Volk, if Volk wins, then you're like, he's just a fucking killer. He's the best featherweight of all time. I don't care if fuck what anybody says. He's the best. If Taporia wins, you're like, oh shit, he's the new blood. Oh mm-hmm. shit, this division's different now. Now, we could talk about consequences. Maybe Volk gets our immediate rematch. But now you have this guy that's brash. He looks good. He presents himself well. Like, I'm a fan of him. I'm not a not a fan of him. It's just he's fighting Volk. You have this new guy that's ready to talk that shit. He's coming out with a documentary that... Day after, or whatever. And that's Bold. fun. That's, it's just fun because when Connor was doing it, we all were okay with it. You know, when Connor mm. finally got to Aldo and it was like, if Connor wins, this is a changing of the guard. We had that moment and then he does it. If Tapori does it, great on him. I would just love for my sad, Well, this probably be after midnight that this fight's going on. You know? Yeah. I would love for that to be Volk still champion. But, you know, that's why that's why fights happen, man. And when you're talking about experience, just one one
0: more thing to to leave the listeners with before we go into fight announcements. The last time that Volk did not fight for a title, Ilya Taporia had five professional fights. Jesus
1: Christ. I mean... So
0: it, it has been five years since Volk has not fought for a title. And even that was fighting Jose Aldo to then get the shot at Max.
1: That's levels. So, like yeah, levels. And he's he's just fought everybody. He's he's made it known. I don't know, man. I, I like I said, I think if you don't have <clears throat> excuse me, Islam Volk two, I just think that we're 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 this is a pick'em fight right now, dude. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a pick 'em fight. I I don't think people I think even going up a weight division and losing and getting knocked out it changes it changes what people think even for me cuz i'm like damn what is what is he like you know what what is the future of volks career look like because i don't think that fight happens i i don't i don't think i even have a question about who i think is going to win the fight but now i'm like The young buck might have this guy's number. So man, this is this is a heart racer. This is a heart racer. Yeah. Yep. And so we did have a few as
0: Exciting as the card is coming up this week, uh, the fight announcements, not a, not a ton of big ones this week. A uh, couple additions to the Atlantic City card. That's a fight night taking place March 30th. Uh, Senor Perfecto. Bill Algios is coming back against uh, somebody we talked about on the podcast a couple times last week uh, as far as breaking somebody down. Uh, Kyle Nelson. So that should be a, a fun, high-paced fight. And then we do have a pretty good fight of consequence in the women's flyweight division. Uh, Melissa Gatto, who was ranked at one point before going on a, a two fight uh, losing streak there uh, where she kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit, uh, taking on uh, a very highly touted prospect, uh, Victoria Dudakova. Uh, if you guys don't remember Dudakova uh kind of put on a, a bit of a uh, pedestrian performance uh, in in her last fight. Uh, and reason for that is the, you know, apparently she had staff and so missed weight. Oh yeah, that's Didn't right. I forgot about fight. that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, what was that? Staff. That's right. Yep. Yeah.
0: So gonna see what happens there. I'm, I'm interested just because it's a it's Another prospect and want to know what happens with her,
1: yeah. And that division's so whack, you know, it's, yeah. it's a bad division, <laughs>
0: so few skilled fighters, <laughs> yeah. 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 And then UFC 301, which is in Rio, that is May 4th. We have another fight announced for that very intriguing featherweight fight. We have Joe Anderson Britu taking on Jack Shore. I was literally this week just thinking, like, whatever happened to Jack Shore? When is he going to be back? And then they announced this fight and we saw last time with britu one he's never out of a fight no. but he was struggling grappling wise with jsp and shore has some darn good grappling so should be uh, just an interesting matchup there does britu accept that you know oh i got the win anyways so it doesn't really matter or oh, i was getting out grappled i probably should have never been in that position anyways let me improve it we're gonna find out and then the big announcement Came for the March 2nd card, which was supposed to be in Saudi Arabia, is now in the Apex. They did announce the headliner is a fight already announced on it. That's Shamil Gadziev taking on Jarzinho. Biggie boy, Rosenstreich. Is that his nickname? Yeah, Biggie boy, (laughs) which is fun to hear uh, Buffer say. But the return of bantamweight prospect Umar Nurmagomedov, ranked number 13. Is he taking on Corey Sanhagen? No, is he taking on Jonathan Martinez? No, but, but he's got to be on, taking
1: on someone in the top 15, right?
0: No, 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 no. Oh, he's okay. taking on somebody who signed their UFC contract within the last month. That is Beksat Almachan uh, now from the greatest country in the world. Yeah. Okay. And the fighters we have seen come out of Kazakhstan are impressive. Here's a guy who is 17 and one with 15 finishes, young, 26 years old. It is very high risk for zero reward for umar yeah. when you watch and i haven't seen a ton of Bexdot's fights but he's he's nasty like the parts i've seen he's fucking people up and so this is a very skilled fighter with zero name recognition a big step down from what Nurmagomedov had booked previously with Corey sanhagen this is i'm Super excited, y'all know Umar was my 135er to watch yep. this year, so I'm super excited to see him fight. It's dangerous though. This is a high risk, little reward type fight. So as fun as it'll be to see him in the cage again, a little bit of nervousness around the fight.
1: Yeah, and and I'm I'm ready to see Umar too. I'm I'm ready to see him fight. I just wish they would fucking do right by this guy and and have him fight some. I mean, why why is he not fighting these top 15? I know we talked about. You know, people don't want to book, probably don't want to book against him and there's too many matchups, but come on like this, this mystery opponent that we've been waiting for should have been someone of consequence for his career. Like you said, zero reward. It's literally, well, it's not zero reward. You get a dub on if you win, you mm-hmm. get a dub, but no one knows who the people probably don't even know who Umar is. And then you have him fight someone who people definitely don't know. It just sucks yeah. for him because I want to see him fight the world.
0: You yeah, it, it's disappointing because it delays the come up.
1: Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, there's
0: Great big talk about. Um, yeah, there's just there's big talk about Umar, but like let's look at his wins. His biggest wins are Kelleher and uh, an older uh Howie Barcelos. Yeah. So it's it's not like he's beaten some big name guys yet. Correct. But there is this aura about this man. It was like when Shavkat uh, had his first couple wins in the UFC, and it's like, oh, this is the dude. Yeah. There's the same aura around. Umar. I mean, Bexot might lose this fight and then run off 10 wins in the UFC. Sure. And in in retrospect, it could be a great win, but just leading up to it, there there isn't quite that. But I I just want to see Umar fight. So super excited. Super excited about that. Anything else on your end? No foul. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect.
1: Later.